Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 156, and we're talking about World Cup wines of South Africa. Yeah, because the World Cup's on right now, and surprisingly, we've actually been watching it. We really have, (laughs) because New Zealand is in the World Cup. Can you believe it? We can't believe it, but we're really excited. No, it's ridiculous. It's... It's wonderful. <laughs> but anyway, and they're doing really well. We thought they'd bomb out. I think the whole world thought they'd bomb out. In fact, I think they were pitched as the, you know, the ones to watch go down. Yes. <laughs> and that's below North Korea. Yeah, well, North so. Korea got better than us in, in their um, in their pool when they, when they were coming through. So yeah. We're, we're the equivalent of zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Japan really playing well. rugby. Yeah, we've done really well. We've um, drawn both of our games, and our last game is today, which we'll see if we go through. Now, we don't have a lot of hope. No. But we are going to watch the game with, uh, you know, our hearts in our mouths. Yeah. Well, we've uh, made our way up to London from Buenos Aires, where we were last time we spoke, and uh, that was quite a long, painful flight. Oh, and uh, But we're here now, but <laughs> this afternoon being Thursday, um, when we're going to publish the show early, so... Um, we actually get a show out this weekend. Um, we're flying over to New York, so... Yeah, for some reason, we, we really, really didn't want to have an extra flight in our itinerary, but there was no way that we could book our flights that we went from Buenos Aires to New York to London. And see, so we had to come to London and then return to New York. It's rather frustrating. It's mad. Oh, we're going to be there for the um, Travel Blog Exchange Conference, which runs over Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and um, I'm part of the panel on kind of podcasting and, and new media and that kind of thing. Which will be interesting, be fun, yeah. and um, yeah, we. I guess the important thing is we're having a, a meetup in New York City. Yes, on Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So if you're in New York City or even in New Jersey, um, <laughs> you're on, in the general vicinity on Tuesday. If you're in the state, just get in your car and, and come on <laughs> in. Um, the information about that's on our Facebook page, and we'll link to that in the show notes for this episode because my knowledge of uh, American geography and remembering place names is rather difficult, but we're going to um, going to be there. It's in in Manhattan. It's Tuesday night, and more details on Facebook. Yep, and you should definitely come because we'd love to meet up with you. Indeed. Well, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audio book download at indietravelpodcast.com/audible. There are over seventy five thousand titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, or MP three player of your choice. And you can pick up a free trial subscription through us at intertravelpodcast.com slash audible. Well, today we're indulging in uh, one of our passions and talking about wine and the World Cup. So, I don't think the World Cup is one of our passions. Although, yes, at the moment, maybe. Uh, w- one of our passions. The ah, passion yes. being very <laughs> okay. certainly wine. Oh, okay, good. On our, um, was it four bottles between three people last night? We're not Have talking it? about that. No, we're not talking about that. <laughs> well, we're talking instead with Tara O'Leary from winepassionista.com. So let's get into it. Tara, welcome to Indie Travel Podcast. Hi, Craig. Thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting to be speaking with you. Yeah, no, it's very good. We've been talking about doing this for a couple of weeks, really, since the uh, since the World Cup began, because today we're going to be talking about the, uh, the wines of the World Cup and especially looking at South Africa and... Uh, the wine regions around there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think it's just such a fantastic time where 
all the eyes of the world are turned to South Africa at the moment for this fantastic uh, tournament that's happening down there. And it really is just the, a great excuse to talk about all the fantastic wines from South Africa, but then also uh, from the other countries that are participating in the World Cup as well. So, you know, any excuse to talk about wine is good for me. So. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Now, um, I don't know, a lot of our listeners, a lot of our long-term listeners will know that uh, Linda and I are, are, are wine fanatics, but some of our newer listeners might not know that wine is wine and food are some of the primary reasons that uh, that we travel. So I was very excited to, um, yeah, to be able to speak with you and, and talk about wine and travel and, um, yeah, just tie it all in with the World Cup, which is happening right now. Exactly. And, and, you know, thank you again. But I really think that um, it's uh, really it's intrinsic to travel, um, you know, to try the local, uh, the produce, the foods, the wines. Um, it really just enhances the entire travel experience. At, at least, you know, I found it that it, that it does. And I'm sure uh, that you're the same. And um, for me, I, I first went to South Africa in, um, in 2001. And I, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I absolutely fell in love with this country. It's so beautiful. The people are so wonderful. They're just resilient, open, friendly people. And um, and I just thought it was absolutely spectacular. And the wines um, have, gosh, they've, you know, they've become so, um, so much better over the last decade. There's been huge improvement there. And um, and it's not just from the, the wine regions that we've known for a, a longer time, like Stellenbosch and Parle and Franschhoek. Um, there are some newer, <laughs> newer up-and-coming regions um, that are just uh, bursting onto the world scene and absolutely gorgeous. Sort of the, the cooler climate um, down near Hermanus um, and, and Elgin and Elam. They're just um, really interesting as well because of the different climates and the different areas, you get a really interesting range of wines. So, you know, from the cooler climates, you've got your Pinot Noirs and your Sauvignon Blanc. Um, And then uh, in the other traditional warmer areas, you know, you've got the Bordeaux blends and all kinds. I mean, you know, obviously Pinotage, which is um, a South African grape. Um, uh, So, yeah, it's just a really interesting blend and mix of of different styles and and really some beautiful things to discover. quite exciting yeah very very much i mean when i think of south african wine i think of the pinotage and the the reds and chenon blanc and the whites they're kind of the yeah the two that spring to mind as as very good expressions of of what that grape can do Absolutely. And I think um, Chenin Blanc is, is one of those grapes that's really becoming very popular at the moment. Um, you sort of see, well, it, I, I'm in London uh, as we speak, and there's loads of uh, wine lists around that have Chenin Blanc by the glass. And, you know, they're on all the shelves of the supermarkets. And, and it's a wonderful way um, to sort of to get people to understand a little bit about South African wines. Um, and Chenin Blanc, you know, can be in all different quality levels and price levels. And um, uh, so it's it, like I say, it's a great way to sort Sort of introduce yourself to the white wines of South Africa and and Pinotage. I mean, there's nothing like it anywhere else in the world. So it's really good fun. Um, and it's one of those uh, it's one of those grapes that again it's sort of really sort of uh, changing and, and becoming much much better than it used to be. I think a lot of people used to have sort of a um, a, a bad impression of Pinotage that it was rubbery or it was a bit burnt or all these different kinds of things. But um, that's just not the case anymore. It's really gorgeous. It's dense, big wine. Um, and, you know, uh, so many of the producers are doing spectacular things with it. So it's, you know, definitely worth giving it a try. 
Wow. So for someone that um that isn't really a wine drinker, they maybe know some of the the bigger kind of varieties like Sauvignon Blanc or Shiraz. They they're familiar with those kind of names. Pinotage and Chenin Blanc are um, kind of like the Vuvuzela. No, nobody had heard about it beforehand, and now nobody can nobody can get away from it when they're talking about <laughs> South Africa and wine. So, can you give us kind of um, a bit of an idea of what these wines taste like? For example, if you enjoy Sauvignon Blanc, would you like Chenin Blanc? Or okay, so- yeah, super. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would certainly say that if you enjoy Sauvignon Blanc, then you would definitely enjoy Chenin. Um, Chenin tends to be very light and crisp and fruity, uh, similar to Sauvignon Blanc, but it has more tropical fruit um, uh, as opposed to the sort of leaner, zestier, greener fruits of Sauvignon Blanc. But um, it's certainly not rich and oily. Some some producers do um, do an oaked version, which would make it a bit richer, but mostly it's unoaked, which means it's, like I say, fresh and vibrant. Um, would go really well with any sort of summer dishes and salads and and light fish and that kind of thing. And it's perfect for by the glass. You know, you don't necessarily need to have any food with it because it's just fresh and easy to enjoy. So it's always good to have a bottle in the fridge you know, for, for after work when you need something light. Um, and um, as far as Pinotage... Well, that's uh, like I say, it's a, it's much denser. There's um, there's some really great, lovely black fruit. Um, there's some good tannins, but it's not overly drying. It's really quite fruity and 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 rich in that way. Um, but it certainly won't suck your teeth dry with the tannins, which is good. Um, and you know, I always when I'm thinking about food and wine pairing, I always try and think about the foods that they eat in the country that the wine is produced. And uh, so you know, you're going to have um, your your different uh, your different meats in South Africa um, and uh, so I, th- I think you know you'd want to put it together with something uh, from the barbecue or, or some biltong or something like that. Perfect. Yeah, that's going to be good um, for well the Northern Hemisphere summer, which we're just we've just flown into and is is kicking off right now. There's a fair few barbecues going on around um, our area of Britain. Yes, well, you know, uh, over here we have to take advantage of the sunshine when we see it in the summer. So, um, yes, any opportunity to barbecue over here is uh, is certainly appreciated. And um, yeah, a pinotage wouldn't go amiss. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's move on a bit and talk. Uh, move from the wines to the places where where they're produced. So we want to talk um, a little bit about the major wine regions and how we can travel around there. And then, yeah. if we have time, hopefully, talk about some of those smaller more interesting places that are off the beaten track. Brilliant. Okay, perfect. Um, well, like I said, you know, South Africa is such an amazing country to visit. Um, it's visually spectacular. They, uh, the mountains everywhere. It's um, every time, you know, uh, you, you twist and turn around the uh, the roads and every new vista is just stunning. And um, a lot of the wine regions are actually coastal. So you get that wonderful, uh, you know, ocean vistas and, um, uh, and ocean and mountains. And, of course, the vineyards in the uh, um, are beautiful on their own. It's just those rows and rows and rows of vines. It's uh, it's really stunning, and um, and around Cape Town, there's a lot that you can see and do and and visit around that area. Um, 
So, for example, uh, Stellenbosch uh, isn't too far outside of Cape Town. And um, and you can, you know, there's loads of wineries there that you can just pop into and visit. And I know that um, Stellenbosch is actually in association with American Express. And um, they have a network of uh, about 145 wineries, each with a unique cellar door experience, um, which is very, very fun and different and cool. Um, and um, you can find that at wineroute.co.za. Um, and then outside of Stellenbosch, a little further away from Cape Town, you've got Parle and Franschhoek. Um, and they are hugely influenced by the Dutch that, um, that lived there many, many years ago. And and so you've got lovely thatched roofs everywhere. And I mean, the wineries are just beautiful. And um, so, yeah, lots of really interesting places to visit. Like I say, not just too far out of Cape Town. Um, and then if you wanted to go a bit south on the coast, you've got uh, El- Elgin and uh, Hermanus and Walker Bay. Um, well, and- this region's a lot more famous for the for the whales that, that come through once yes. a year, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's right. kind of the reason that people would go to, to Hermanus is for the, for the big whale festival. So. That's well, yeah, perfect. Absolutely great idea to do that and then stop in at some wineries and have some nice Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a perfect combination. Yeah, there's uh, one winery in particular in uh, in Hermanus that well they make a Pinot Noir in Hermanus, uh, Bouchard Finlayson, and um, it's absolutely the most stunning Pinot Noir. Um, but uh, yeah, exactly, you know, not a bad way to spend a day out in the ocean and then uh, going to a tasting room for some wine. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Now getting down to um to practicalities, is someone going to have to go on a tour to get around these wineries, or is it possible to to use your own vehicle or a hire car to to get around or do you really Absolutely. need somebody to to guide you no i think um i think it's really uh accessible to do on your own um you would need obviously a, a car or a driver to do it um but no it, the regions aren't very far away from one another at all and um it's very easy to to do a couple of regions like you know parl and franchuk and and those areas in a day um obviously you need to do a little bit of advanced planning just to know which wineries you'd like to visit and um and actually there there are several several places to go to find that information um wines of south africa uh, has a website which is WOSA for wines of South Africa.co.za, and they have absolutely loads of information about different wine routes, how to travel around them, and also the individual wineries um, and the wines that they produce. So you can really get a whole host of information there. And um, there's some really interesting things, like in Franschhoek, for example, in in August they do an uncorked festival, so that could, that could be quite fun. And then uh, in December in Franschhoek they also do a, a Cap Classique and a Champagne festival, so very celebratory in December, which of course is their summertime, so it's absolutely gorgeous at that time of the year. Yeah, it's a good time to be drinking uh, drinking sparkling wine. <laughs> absolutely. Well, what time isn't really, Craig? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Smooth. Well, that sounds all very good. Now, one final question about the practicalities, because I've noticed um, Linda and I have been tasting in 12 different countries now. There are places where you can just kind of drive up to the door most days of the week, and if they're open, they'll let you in, and normally the winery owner or somebody who uh, yeah. works very closely with with the place will, will show you around, or um, other places you really need to have have pre-booked a time. We went to one place in um, in Cafeshate in the north of Argentina where you could you could enter at ten a.m., eleven a.m., twelve p.m., and one p.m. 
And oh, that right. was it. You had like you had about two minutes to get through the door, and then <laughs> they locked the doors again, and and wow. that was it. Um, it was quite quite unusual for me coming to yeah. coming from New Zealand with a very relaxed and open kind of tasting sure. culture. What if someone's never been to a winery before? They've never never done a wine wine tasting kind of thing, and they're they're thinking about going somewhere in South Africa. What can they what can they expect when they drive up to the winery? Right, that's a great question. Um, well, I think depending on the winery itself, it will vary. Um, I, I certainly think that um, the, the the wineries over there are much more um, uh, used to having tourists now that it's really, you know, it's very much a tourist destination. And wine, of course, is a big reason that people visit. So uh, I certainly think they're geared up to have visitors, although I'm sure there will be a few wineries that uh, would, would need appointments and that aren't open to just the general public. But for the most part, I, I think most of them would be um, available for just a drive-up, walk-in sort of situation. And uh, and again, the actual experience will vary by the winery, but in general, um, there might be a tour um, of the cellars of uh, where, where they ferment the wines um, and so they'll take you through the whole thing and, and show you how, how it all how it all works during the vintage which is when the grapes are being brought in and they're fermenting and then they're bottling and they're aging um, and and then of course any tour will certainly end with a tasting of several of their wines which is always the most fun part um, and for those other places that aren't equipped for a tour you might just be able to go into the tasting room and choose from their selection of, of wines and you can either taste taste them all or just taste a few and um, but it's always you know whoever's there obviously is very passionate about wines has loads of information and is only too happy to share it um, so no matter where you go, you're going to find some, you know, really interesting people, interesting wines, and you're going to get lots of uh, lots of knowledge about it, but not in a geeky, stuffy sort of way. Um, you're, you know, much more fun and relaxed. And um, so I think, yeah, it's just a, a really cool experience, especially if you've never been to a winery and you might have done a tasting in a shop or in a class or something like that. But to actually go to the winery and see where it all happens, um, it's really quite special, as, as I'm sure you can attest to. Yeah, certainly. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to uh to getting down to South Africa myself, especially uh especially now having a bit of information about about the different regions. <laughs> well, let me know when you're going, and we'll make sure you go to all the right places. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Do you have any uh any insider picks that uh that you can share with us today? Well, uh, like I say, I think you know the best things to do are are to contact uh, Wines of South Africa, or there's also another website that's just wine.co.za. I mean, these guys live and breathe South African wine, and they're wonderful resources and wonderful people and uh, would, would be more than happy to share their information with uh, all of your listeners um, via email or whatever's the easiest way. Um, and, and they just, you know, those guys are the, are the experts, so I'd certainly recommend to talk to them. Um, but um, unfortunately, obviously, you know, relating back to the football, South Africa is now out of the, of the tournament, but that doesn't mean that we can't still enjoy their fantastic wines uh, so I recommend I recommend drinking the wines for the rest of the tournament <laughs> yeah, perfect and um, with with Linda and me being in London at the moment do you have any local picks what shall I walk into the uh, walk into the off license and, and pick up this afternoon oh gosh that's a good question um, what, what's, what's available here that I can drink today 
Um, you know, there are so many that are, are available, um, and each, each shop will have different ones. Um, and I, I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that I can actually, you might even be able to find the Bouchard Finlayson wines here, um, uh, which they have, the, uh, you know, an amazing Pinot Noir, as I mentioned, but also fabulous Sauvignon Blanc, a really lovely Chardonnay. Um, and this wonderful blend uh, called Hannibal, which is <laughs> which is very interesting. Um, but in general, I think you know it's just one of those things where pick up a bottle, check it out, see what you think of it, and um, it's all part of the experience of uh, experimenting with different wines. So I think I think you'd be safe you know, to give anything out there a good go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, we'll do that then. And uh, where can people find you online, Tara? Uh, I'm at winepassionista.com. Um, on Twitter, I am Tara underscore Devon, which is my middle name. And uh, I am also on Facebook as Wine Passionista. Wonderful. Well, we'll um, grab those links off you that you talked about and put them in the show notes. And we'll also uh, link back to your site so people will be able to find you at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Fantastic. Well, very thanks very much so. for coming on the show today. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Really great to talk to you, Craig, and best of luck with all your future travels, and I look forward to hearing about all your adventures. Wonderful. Well, that was me speaking with uh, the wine passionista, Tara O'Leary, and uh, it was a really fun interview, I thought. Yeah, it's really interesting. If you'd like to hear more about wine and travel, then do let me know, because it's not something we've we've covered much of on the show before, but it's something we're really interested in. So yeah, we do a lot of just, traveling um, and wine together. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com if you, if you loved or hated that. <laughs> well, don't forget, it's the last days of the photo competition. That's right. finishes at the end of the month. So if you have a photo on the theme of solo, you should definitely enter. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some uh, cool prizes. We've got um, a copy of our two books, Traveling Europe, the PDF, and um, the Art of Solo Traveler Girl's Guide to Giveaway. Um, and also... Next month, it's it's getting even hotter. We've got um, $100 worth of vouchers to give away. We've got uh, some photography prizes. So it's, it's, it's heating up. And the more entrants we get in the competition, the more sponsorship we'll be able to find and the cooler and cooler this will become. So please, please do enter, even if you're not interested in this month's prizes, to, um, to help us find sponsorship and get cooler prizes in the future. Yes, definitely. Well, um, speaking about uh, sponsorship and prizes, we've got a free audiobook for you because Audible is offering us, well, you, a free audiobook download if you sign up for a 14-day trial. Now, this isn't available on the homepage. It's only available through certain partners, and we've managed to get on board with this. So, IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Audible or slash audiobook if you can't spell audible because you know it's a rather difficult brand name but um yeah indietravelpodcast.com forward slash audiobook and uh sign up for a 14-day free trial you'll get a free book and if you find something that's really awesome let me know because i'm always on the lookout for uh for more goodies well i think that's pretty much us for this week we're going to pack up our bags and go to new york so hopefully we'll see you there and until next week travel well <laughs>